Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldajanero.com and use the code ACAS10 for 10% off. Welcome to Pearl Mania 500, the podcast where a husband and wife duo do deep dive research and then lore dump on each other mm -hmm. until the other one wants a divorce. Yeah. Sometimes that just means watching a lot of TikToks and yep. wiki pages. Yep. Um, and then just kind of yelling them at the other person yep. while they uh, try and make sense of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, up top, I do want to say that today's episode is about Gamergate. You clearly saw it in the description. Uh-oh. So uh, obviously there's going to be some things in here that some people might not want to hear. Yeah, I don't want to hear them. I know, but you have to. <laughs> Why? Because that's the point I of the show. I have made it so far in the life. I am 39 years old. And I have made it so far without ever learning almost anything about Gamergate that it wasn't forced upon me by like a random post on Reddit. Well, here it is. It's <sighs> April 23rd, 2023. And this is the day. This is the day. Mm. There's a place so much to his name was dusk for giving us that wonderful theme and all of the bumpers that we run through the entire show didn't interrupt at that time no you didn't you're finally learning wow yeah you're gonna start off passive aggressive listen this is the gamergate episode i'm tired <laughs> of you trying to silence men like me okay oh no so we do want to start off <laughs> at the top at the top, like all episodes, we do want to give a big shout out to all of our oh. Patreons. And we do have an announcement this week, because every we like to tell you guys what we spend the money on from Patreon. Yep. And this week, I just spent way too much on a P.O. box. Hell yeah. So, because we've had some people reach out to us through emails, through mm -hmm. DMs, and through messages on Patreon. Yep. Saying they wanted to send us stuff, um, you know, and things like that. So, we wanted to set up, we set up a P.O. box. Uh-huh. Yep, we did. So, it. if you guys do want to send things We almost in, got divorced uh trying to do it yep but we did it yeah because you initially went in to go set it up <laughs> uh -huh, uh -huh. and they were like well you need two forms of identification yeah, yeah. like and why don't you just use your car insurance and it's no, it's in my no. name your name's yeah. not on it mm -hmm. and uh and then i went yep 
And then I discovered the hell that is the post office yep. mm-hmm. when I was just trying to get clear answers to questions. There are no clear answers. There are Press none. Press the yes or no button. Yep. That was what, <laughs> the funniest part is I was stuck behind a man who was trying to mail a Pokemon card that he sold on eBay. And he's like, I guess he was using like first class mail or something like that. Yeah. And the lady's standing there and she looks at him and goes, is this hazardous material? And he's like, it's a Pokemon card. And she just looks at him, is this hazardous material? Because like, she can't legally, yeah. she can't answer the question no. for him. He has to I also say yes love or no. the implication that maybe she doesn't know what that is. Yeah. And she's like, you know, it's almost the end of the work day. Yeah. And she's just like, what, just one yeah, more it, hour. And this man is saying the word Pokemon card at her. And maybe she doesn't know what that is. Yeah, because it was 1110 on a Saturday <sighs> and they closed at noon. Yep. So I get up there. 40 and, minutes away. And they have five different types of boxes. And I don't know what to pick. So I'm just like, I don't know this one. And I checked the box. And she goes, are oh, you want to pay for a whole year? And I said, yeah. And she goes, that's $464 <laughs> as it's my card is swiped. That, that, something very similar happened once before. <laughs> yeah. One time. <laughs> years ago, you told me, because of your allergy, your gluten mm. allergy, you yeah. told me to go to a bakery that no longer exists, thank God, yeah. in <laughs> South Philadelphia. And it was called Sweet Feet Freedom Bakery. Yeah. R.I.P. No. No. Rest in pain. All right. Oh. That P stands for pain. Oh, man. So I go to this bakery and the whole thing is it was a, it was a hypoallergenic bakery. It wasn't uh-huh. just gluten-free. It was gluten-free, egg-free, soy-free. Dairy-free. Dairy-free and, and sugar-free. Oh, yeah. They get rid of all the fun. All the fun. It was basically just well, a coconut. Well, they use sugar. They just use like coconut sugar. Yeah, yeah. Because it was basically a coconut cake. Yeah. And so I walk up and I'm like, yeah, I want to order a birthday cake. They're like, okay, what size? I'm like, it's for a birthday party. Mm-hmm, so like a mm-hmm. big cake. And the lady looks at me kind of weird. And she goes, all right, whatever. And I hand and I put in the order. I was like a chocolate cake, vanilla inside, which was a mistake because it yeah. was all coconut flavored. Okay. I should have just said we didn't coconut. Know. We didn't know when Nobody knew. knew. So I hand her my card and she goes, okay, and that'll be $175. And then swiped the card. And I had like a heart attack. Yeah. Well, back was- then, Alex was a full-time comedian, part-time no-job haver. Well, I think, I think at that point, no, I think, I think around that time I was working at a bar. Okay. So I would occasionally have money, but I wouldn't always have not, it in not, my account. Not $175 cake money. No, I think I have like $177 in my account. Yeah. <laughs> so she swiped the card. I went, <gasps> but I was, but there was such a long line of people behind me. I didn't want to like argue. And I was just like, ah, and I left. And then I came back later. I picked up the cake. Mm-hmm. We had your birthday party. Yeah. You took a bite. Okay, wait, not, it wasn't just a birthday party. Yeah. It was an iconic birthday party that was labyrinth themed so everybody there was dressed up in their favorite as their favorite labyrinth character yeah from and, Jim Henson's and the ben labyrinth. definitely was the best uh yeah. david bowie labyrinth. Yeah. it was a crazy birthday party and yes so we, alex brings in the cake and we're everybody's so excited because it looked really nice it looked amazing. it looked cute it was so i was like so yeah. excited because i hadn't had birthday cake in years yeah and and it's like a 12 inch diameter cake mm-hmm. like it was it's, really it's a cute big, big one yeah and so my cousin is slicing it up and giving it out after everybody sings and i'm eating it i'm just like la 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 like i'm having a time because i haven't had cake in many years at this point so i have no reference point anymore and this is before um i got into gluten-free baking to like make things that are good and so i'm kind of like yeah sure whatever this is cake-ish and then I look around, my eyes scan the entire party, and every single person has their eyes down, not making eye contact with anyone else, and they're all just kind of like, 
um, oh, okay. I, oh, no. And, like, just sad Jennifer Conley's sad dog wearing another dog on his back costumes. <laughs> just, like, everyone's sad, but no one wants to say anything because it's my birthday and my cake. So they're always like, yeah, it's great. Meanwhile, and I'm then, right behind everyone. Like, you're going to finish the cake. He was, you're going to finish the cake. I eat the goddamn cake. <laughs> listen, I don't like cake to begin with. Yeah. So the fact that, y'all, it tasted like if the earth farted in your mouth. <laughs> It was the worst tasting cake. So this PO box was <laughs> Wait, hopefully. No, so the, but no, you have to. The solution was yeah. that my cousin then she had a, a bite of the cake. She like somehow swallows it down, runs into the kitchen and grabs like a gallon of vanilla ice cream and a can of Ready Whip, and just starts walking around to people going ice cream, Ready Whip, and everybody's just piling on ice cream it was and so dry. Just, it was so it was dry. So dry. And I'm, they're like. It was the funniest thing. And then my one friend who does not have a filter just looks at me who's sitting near me and just goes, oh, man, this is really bad, huh? <laughs> I was just like, oh, is it? I had no idea. Yeah. And then um, Alex did uh, pester me for an entire week to finish that cake. Yeah. Because I took the whole – it was like Pac-Man shape at that point because yep. nobody ate seconds. No. So I had to eat the entire cake and I – um. You made it in. I like- ran out of ways to eat it because like it got stale so fast yeah. and so hard. So like at one point I like cut it – I cut all the icing off of a chunk of it and just cubed up the cake portion and baked it with salt and garlic and olive oil and made it into croutons for a salad. It was like an episode of Chopped every day where I had to figure out what to do with this $175 cake. And we'd only been dating for like maybe eight months at the time. And <laughs> yeah. I wasn't even sure how long this relationship was going to go. So yeah. I'm like, I just dropped almost $200 mm-hmm. on the world's worst cake. And he cake. was texting me every day going, you better be eating that cake. <laughs> <laughs> so we don't want this P.O. box. I was, you know, pressured anybody, but no. it felt very similar as I'm dipping my card and $464 popped up on the screen. And I was like, well, I can't. And meanwhile, behind me is just a sea of old people Trying mm. to get a single stamp. Yep. So it's, I'm like, if there's a problem here, I got to come back yep. in the line. And by that point, they're going to be closed. So yep. the P.O. Box is as follow. It's P.O. Box 72549, which is in Thorndale, Pennsylvania, zip code 19372. And you're uh, going to put that on the Patreon, right? I'll put that on the Patreon. Yeah. I'll also put it in the notes in the, uh, of, yeah. the, of the, the episode description, okay. uh, which we write down there, right next to where we always put that his name is Dusk does all of our music and yeah. there's links to like his band camp and other fun things for him you should down check there. it out also our- links to our patreon and we have a lot of patreon shout outs yeah, to we gotta get do to. Some shout outs so let me hit that button hey huh? let's meet our team leaders so we have a bunch this week awesome yeah i may move my microphone a little bit so i can actually see yeah the you're screen. a podcaster now so maybe you should get it together okay all right so let's go ahead and start off here from the beginning mm-hmm. first we have nicolette hey hon after that, we have Tiffany suggested I listen. Thanks, Tiffany. We appreciate you. And whoever Tiffany suggested I listen to, hey, hon. <laughs> After that, we have Amelia Hoffman. Hey, Amelia. After that, we have Big Nasty. Yo, Big Nasty, what's good? And I, like, it's a fist. Yeah. It's a symbol. <laughs> so I'm just. I'm doing it right now. Yeah, just a, just a fist being thrown up there. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, it reminds me of my one friend in college, Nasty Nate. Um, all right. After that, we have Maria Bobaya. Hey Maria. After net we have after that after net after that we have Nick Wesnetsky. You can see why I was jumping the gun on mm-hmm, that net. Mm-hmm. Hey hon. All right. After this one we have 
All right. Oh, they did you're... send me one on this one. Oh, they did? They did. Okay. And I believe it's pronounced Banshee. Banshee. Okay, cool. Hey, hon. All right. I think that's the I Irish, love a, the Irish I love spelling. a Banshee. After that, we have, it looks like it's, it's, it looks like it's cut off. I feel like it should say Hoot Nation. No, that's Hoot NATO. No, but there's an I there. Hoot Nation. Hoot I think they meant to write Hoot Nation. Hoot because I think they're just a really big Hootie fan. Oh no! And they just want to throw it up for the Hoot. They're, they're big for the Blowfish. After that, hey, we hon. have after that we have Max Monheit or Monet. <laughs> after that, Alex is really good at reading. I'm, I'm doing great today. Yeah. I got the next one nailed. Okay. After that, we have Leftist Demon. Oh, hey, hon. For those of you guys who are listening who are, who are planning on becoming members, may I highly suggest just making up names? They're fun. <laughs> it's much easier for me. After that, we have Darth Mooch. Darth Mooch. Hey, hon. After that, we have Vin Diesley. Oh, my God. I love that. Vin Diesley. After this next one, and you're not allowed to say shit. Okay, I'm not going to say anything. This next one is just Jessica. Does the word just in front of it? It's No, the name is Jessica. Okay. I mean, Jessica's a really cool name. Yeah, great name for a princess Unless in a you're Dune reading novel. fucking Dune. All right. <laughs> after that, we have Edgeman X. Edgeman X? Yeah. That's pretty cool. After that, we have Ryan Earl Myers. Hey, hon. After that, we have Tara Legaski. Hey, hon. After that, we have Black Eagle. Oh, my God. The Eagles, I think they are going to be laying another egg soon. Oh, the ones on the live stream you mm-hmm, watched? Yeah. Okay, that's Their good. other egg didn't, uh, it didn't, make didn't it. come to fruition. You were very upset about it. I was it. so upset about yeah, it. I've never seen you <laughs> get so obsessed. You were, there was a bit there where we were. it was like really dark times. You're like... This eagle. <laughs> just, you would like stare at it and it was like having a blizzard blowing across its nest. <laughs> and then they, you're like, scientists came in and said it's never going to hatch. <laughs> <laughs> I was so upset. It's still very upsetting. After that, we have Lions on Mars. Hey, oh, that's the name of a good band. Is it? No, like it just could oh, yeah, be a good it's, band It's a good name. band name. Yeah. Hey, yeah. After that, we have yeah, one that doesn't involve, what's his name? Who's the guy with the, the guy? Oh, the, the guy cult? from my so-called life. Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Yeah, mm. Lions on Mars should be the good version of Jared Leto's band. <laughs> Jared Leto's going to haunt you like a like a demon a, at dude, night. He's a fucking cult leader. You he's should do worse an episode than that. of that on him. I would. I might. Well, you know what? We'll throw it in the Patreon for some oh, future votes. We got yeah, more yeah. people, though. That, wait, that could mean I could get to rewatch all of my so-called life. Which, That's your research? Is you just watch my so-called life and, and don't cover the whole fact that he started a cult island? Listen, there's a lot of other things that were really important from my childhood that I want to rewatch. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> After that, we have Grifter for Good. A Grifter for Good, that's what they all say. I know. They're like, no, I'm grifting for Jesus. I'm different. After that, we have Drew Snyder. Hey, Drew. Hey, hon. Okay, that looks like a long one. This next one, mm-hmm. can I tell you? Yeah. This is actually what they want their shout-out to be. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Because their actual name is Please Just Hit the Air Phone for yeah, My Name. <laughs> This per- that person gets it. After that, we have Lauren. Hey, Lauren. After that, we have Crystal Caspar. Hey, Crystal. After that, we have a confused go. I think it might be cut off. Hey, hon. Hold on. I'm Hold sorry on. that Alex doesn't oh, want to Oh, listen. No, I had it half screened. Okay. It was Hoot Nation, first thing. Oh, look and at this. And this is a confused goose. A confused goose? No. No, that's not a sad thing. Number one, gooses or geese are kind of mean. Yeah. You got to keep them confused. They don't attack you. Yeah. And we do live in the Philadelphia region, which means we have a lot of Wawa, which is named after a goose. Also, I liked that game where the goose was doing all kinds of fun shit and picking on the neighbor. Oh, yeah. Untitled uh, Goose Game. Yeah, I liked that. that yeah, was that fun. was a fun game to play with you. 
All right, and the last one, mm -hmm. lemon. Hey, lemon. That's it, just lemon. Lemon's the superior dessert flavor. It, Everybody your, knows. It is knows. your favorite flavor. Yeah, there's a tier to dessert flavors, and yep. you have to know your tier, and mine is always going to be lemon and other citrus fruits first. Mm -hmm. Secondly, cinnamon, cinnamon brown sugar things. Yeah. Third, everything else, maybe like raspberries, some berries, and then some are down far in the bottom. This is chocolate. Well, hold on one second. Yeah. Hey, huh? That was our team leaders. Hey, team leads. Do so, you want to talk more about dessert flavors? Uh, I do. Uh, no. No? No, because we have to talk about uh, Gamergate. Why? And before we get into that, I just want to say the P.O. Box one more time for no. the listeners. <laughs> I'm going to say it. Do Shut you up. just like, hear yourself? I want to talk about Gamergate. Now, here's a thing where you can mail things. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Psycho. Oh, okay. Psycho behavior. All right. <laughs> P.O. Box 7254, <laughs> Thorndale, PA, 19372. Oh, no. So, let's uh, let's let's do a little page turn here. Okay. Because that's what we're calling them now. We're not going to call them bumps. Uh, the page turns, I thought you said that was only for book club. Well, we could do it for both. Okay, good. I like that. Do you like, you, we're going to, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to turn the page. And when we come back, we are going to get deep into the history of Gamergate, mm. the implications of it, oh, and God. what all of that means. Lemon bars. Cinnamon rolls, raspberry shortcake, you know? Pearl mania, pearl mania, pearl mania, pearl mania, 500. Now, before we get into this. I'm smiling. I know. We're, I, we had to remind <laughs> each other to remember to smile, okay? Because this is going to be extremely trying. Uh-huh. On both of us. Yeah. And on the listeners. We're sorry in advance. And we're very sorry in advance. How's your Monday going? <laughs> yeah, because we wanna we we had to pause the initial version of this mm -hmm. because we wanna remind the listeners that these these are to, to all of you guys out there, I know you're listening to this while doing different things. You might be driving to work, you might be riding public transportation, you might be at your job, you might just try to be cleaning around the house. But what we're talking about with this is just the general shittiness and it's I'm, I'm trying to give a high level thing of what happened to Gamergate mm -hmm. and how it led us to today with okay. things like the anti-trans bills okay, and the rise of Donald Trump mm -hmm. and all of these different things because what happened with Gamergate was the nucleus. It was the embryo that then hatched and created all of these other shoot-offs and they learn the tactics of this form of online ha harassment and campaigning mm -hmm. and how to create sock puppets to create a view that was much more larger than what actually existed in the world. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, because I didn't know about it. <clears throat> yeah. And so for our listeners, a lot of what we're going to talk about, since we're talking about 4chan, Reddit, uh, 8chan, etc., uh, there's a lot of references to episode seven, the internet's rules, where we do talk mm -hmm. about uh, early internet and these things. Yeah. Now, Mrs. Perlmania. Yeah. Uh, first thing, mm -hmm. remember to smile. I'm <laughs> smiling. <laughs> Second thing is, I want to take you back to 2012, 2013. Great year. Yeah, it's when we met. Okay, mediocre year. <laughs> okay. So uh, around that time, a few things were happening. One was the incredible rise of the smartphone. Yeah. It was also the beginning, about 2012 into 2014, of the rise of Twitter. Okay. And be, the beginning percolations of Facebook becoming ubiquitous everywhere. Yeah. And also the changing dynamics of the internet. 
Mm -hmm. So because of the smartphone, a lot more people started to have access to the internet on a more regular basis than that happened before. Did I have a smartphone then? I think I had a slide. You had a slide. I also had a, I had a motor, I had an Android 2 with a slide out keyboard. Because I feel like I remember you being like, you need to get a smartphone. And I was like, this thing is going to live forever. And then and a didn't. full keyboard. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, Blackberry, those different things. Mm -hmm. it, we were moving from Blackberries and Android 2s with the slide out, like actual keyboard, yeah. to moving more towards iPhones. Let's go back to the slides. I miss I miss a physical keyboard. <laughs> I miss it so much every day. Also, it just looked cool. You're like, you yeah. like flipped it up. Yeah, it was, so, oh, it was so great. It was great. <sighs> and so during that, though, more people started to get access 24-7 mm -hmm. to the internet. So before... Before you had smartphones, if you wanted to go online and go to your like your favorite forum or those different things, you had to be home. Or if you're me, you're at the library and also you didn't have a favorite forum. Because yeah, or you're at work or whatever. But you had and, – and also the internet was, wasn't as centralized as mm -hmm. it's become today. So today when we log into the internet, what do we do? We log into Reddit, maybe Twitter, maybe TikTok instagram uh, youtube youtube okay. all these different things you know youtube had only existed by 2012 for about seven years i look at poshmark see if i can find any good deals yeah but back in the day you would go to all these different places so you had some things like news aggregators you know like huffington post fark on the right you had breitbart you had drudge report you had different places but you were getting this it was little bits and pieces from everywhere you weren't going to just one place every day mm-hmm as 2012, 2013, the, the internet's starting to coalesce to just to fewer and fewer sites. Mm -hmm. And so now you're starting to get more diverse voices mixing in with people who thought prior that they were talking among diverse voices. So you had the suburban white teenager or white 20 year old who would be on a forum who would, th you know, say things thinking everyone was accepting of their ironic racism. Oh. And there were some people there who were like, no, this isn't ironic, but they weren't speaking out against it because they loved it. Oh. And so over time, you have this. So as Twitter starts you know, growing and things like I'm that. I'm glad Twitter's dying. I'm glad Twitter's dying too. It's, it's, it's the like, best thing that ever happened It's kind of to me. like a weird catharsis to watch it die slowly. Yeah, it is. The choking it. being The fact <laughs> that Twitter's being choked off by a South African apartheid dime emerald miner's uh, air mm -hmm. just make, brings me joy. Did you see today he got owned, or is it today, or recently he got owned by his dad? Elon? Yeah, because yeah. his dad was like, no, you're walking around with, with emeralds in your pocket. Everything like, I did, like, everything you did was funded by emeralds. And then, you know what happened is like, because I read that article about how his dad owned him on Twitter, I then read like his, about his dad. His dad's an even worse person than Elon. Yeah. Also, his dad was the one who pointed out, hey, yeah, I stayed in South Africa while his mom's side of the family fled. And when did they flee? Right around the time Mandela got freed. Okay. So you know he he married his own stepdaughter, Elon's dad. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. weird, man. Yeah, which means Elon has a has a bronkle. <laughs> oh, you know what? Yeah. We should make that a hashtag. Hashtag bronkle. <laughs> All right. So uh, the other thing that's happening around 2012 is remember this is also along the re-election of Barack Obama, mm -hmm. which is something that broke conservatives' brains. His actual election, they thought, was a fluke. Okay. The re-election, though, proved that, and, he, and not only that, he was like he won handedly. Yeah, they were like, oh, no, people actually like this guy. Yeah. like that tan suit. 
Yeah, they, were, they thought it was a one-off. And then when he won mm-hmm. and was able to do you know some of the things he was able to do, they got very upset. But also you had a changing in the conservative guard, which was no longer, you know, we're going to do this for business. We're going to do these different things. They just became the party of no. Yeah. And so they were just becoming, hey, whatever they say, we're the opposite. <laughs> yeah. So all of this is happening. Yeah, this you're painting the picture of the world. Yeah, picture of the world. Because I want people to remember, this is a decade ago now. 2013 was a decade ago. Fuck you. Yeah, That was a decade ago? Eat it. It's 2023. I'm talking about uh, 2013. No. So. Oh, the playlists were good, though. We had some good music. We got some good music. I really wish I had some good playlist music I could just hit (laughs) right now, or else we get taken off iTunes. But all of this is happening at the same time. And because of that, you have some people, uh, and, and one thing we're going to say right now, we're mm. not going to try to explain too much of anyone's Alex action. Alex isn't going to try. I'm not going to try to I explain. I would love to pick it apart. Yeah. I would love to deep dive into the why, but yeah. we only have two hours. Yes. It's so really annoying. That was a big eye roll. Now <laughs> <laughs> <was> two hours. <laughs> that was a big eye roll. So 2013. February of 2013. Okay. There is a uh, there's a game designer named Zoe Tiberius Quinn. Mm-hmm. Middle name Tiberius. Pretty it's cool. It's a really cool middle name. Yeah. Like James Tiberius Kirk from Star Trek. Is Captain Kirk's middle name Tiberius? Really? Yes. 100%. That's pretty cool. It's so cool. Anyway, Zoe Quinn writes a, creates a game called Depression Quest. Oh my God. I am... The best at that game. You're very good at Depression mm. Quest. It involves sweatpants. It yeah. involves goblin mode. You got it all. <laughs> Guess who took a shower today? Five points. Yeah. <laughs> well, Depression Quest is actually kind of the opposite of that. What oh. Depression Quest is is a simulator okay. for people who don't have depression Yeah. to understand what the life of someone with depression is like. And it's set up in a way that it's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure. So what that means is... Um, you know, you'd you be in there and it would say things like, you woke up today, you haven't showered in three days. Oh. Choose one of your three options. Do you take a shower? Do you go mm-hmm. about your day? Okay, you're feeling more depressed and you feel like you're going to take action on it. Do mm-hmm. you talk to somebody? Do you go seek help? If you get therapy are you and are prescribed meds, are you going to take them? Do you eat dry ramen noodles without cooking them? Yeah, any of those things, which is very similar to the thing you were telling me about before. Yeah, the, the poverty simulator. Yeah, the poverty simulator. Do you want to explain yeah. that? Yeah, so... a a bunch of very intelligent social workers and other people, I think they're based in Philly, um, created a poverty simulator to help people understand um, what it's like to live in poverty. And like basically when you log into it, you have to like do these tasks, but then the hurdles of poverty kind of hit you in the face of like, you know, like you have to take the bus each way to work an hour and a half each way. So which means you you don't have time to cook and you have to get childcare that costs more during the time and you don't get as much sleep. And then let's say that, you know, your bus is late, so you're late for work and then you get written up or you lose your job and then what you have to go file for unemployment. But maybe, um, you know, when you get to file for unemployment, you don't have the right paperwork because you don't have a printer at home. So then you have to leave there, go to the library. It costs money to make it uh, like a copy and you don't have the money to make a copy. So now what do you do? You need to file for unemployment. 
So you have to log into the computer. This is all taking time. You're paying for a sitter during this. You don't have any incoming cash. And so it just walks you through these hurdles and like. And late fees, late fees, late, late fees on top or, of or all check, this. Or check cashing. Guess yeah. what? It costs 10% to check that, cash the check if you don't have a bank and, account. And, and the one thing I find really cool about that simulator is it's actually based off the real stories of real people. Yeah. It's not just stuff they're making up. No. And, and so with Zoe Quinn, uh, Zoe Quinn's non-binary. I'm going to have trouble probably with, with the pronouns on this one because when this happened, they hadn't, they weren't openly non-binary at the time. Okay. Zoe Quinn, um, went and wrote this, this game. It's got like 40,000 words in it. It's all these different things. It has multiple endings, all this stuff. So when Zoe published this game, uh, they published it and it was very indie game. You know, and it's a very basic, and this is like a classic type of game that you used to get back in like the the late seventies, early eighties with very early computers. It's a text based game. Mm-hmm. People got upset about it immediately, okay, because it didn't have graphics. So don't play it. Exactly, that's the answer. But there are some people out there who got very upset because they're like, "How dare you call this a game?" And then they see what it's about. It's about depression. So and they're like, I don't have depression. Basically, I'm not is, cleaning my room, mom. This is basically a bunch of depressed people mad <laughs> that they were being shown how, how dare, depressed they how are. Dare you call me out in this way. Yeah, basically. And hold a mirror up to my life. Is this play about us? That's basically <laughs> what happened. So, so Zoe, <laughs> what? Not the Euphoria reference. Yeah. That show you didn't watch. <laughs> yeah. But I know the memes. So anyway, Zoe goes and publishes this game on uh, Steam through yeah. the Greenlight program on Steam. Sure. Now, she had, there was a moment in there where it was right around the time where Robin Williams took his own life due to depression um, and other things. She debated whether or not to like move the date, but then she decided, no, this game needs to come out. Mm-mm. And the second it gets posted, immediately the Steam reviews, the review, like the, the one to five star reviews, yeah. get inundated by assholes. Just, she got yelped. She got yelped, basically. Mm-hmm, yeah, she's it. getting inundated by assholes. Sure. So this is in February of 2013. Mm-hmm. The game gets a few reviews from uh, websites like Kotaku, Rock, Paper, Shotgun, and others. And again, <clears throat> this isn't a big major game we're talking about. I think the game was between 5 to 10 bucks. It's a small game. It's probably, you know, I, I don't even have a ballpark. It's not, it's not selling millions of units. Okay. It's just a small little side game. And um, the game does does all right. It gets good critical reviews. So different websites are writing about it and saying, this is a cool idea. We need more video games like this. And one of the other things they keep pointing out is this is the reason why we need more people with more diverse backgrounds and specifically women. Yeah. Because this is around that same time where you'd hear statements of we need more women in the writer's room. Yeah. We need more diversity in the writer's room because you'd have men – um, and people writing about people from different backgrounds, and it oh. didn't make sense. The same way when you get— Oh, I could do a whole book club episode yep. well, on men writing women. Exactly. It's, it's that same idea, <laughs> which is a big thing. And, and then men who read about women who are written by men believe that women think that way because they yeah. like the character that the woman is. And <clears throat> while all of this is happening, um, mm-hmm. you're starting to get a growing sense— especially among people on 4chan on their video game board and honestly across all of 4chan is they're beginning to feel like the walls are closing in on them eat because at this moment in time in mm-hmm. 2012 everything is being made and marketed to them oh man you know oh no you're between 15 and 35 you're white you live in the suburbs you're a guy everything is being marketed to killing you killing the game yeah 
90% of everything is being marketed to you. And somebody uh, comes forward and says, maybe 89% should be marketed to you. And we can still make money on the other 11% that we can market out. And they were there. like, how dare you? They, they, they Instantly. They're how like, taking, dare you? you're taking what from us? That was ours. That was our destiny. Like that was their feeling. No, I know, but this is this is that mentality. And yo, video games. I I know that like I know they're fun and people like them. I it's just I didn't. When the only times I've really gotten into video games was when I was little, and I played Echo the Dolphin and Jurassic Park on Sega. Yep. For like a minute before, I don't know what happened to my Sega Genesis, but I played it a little bit, and then during the pandemic. You uh, bought me Animal Farm. I mean, Animal Crossing. Animal, and, animal Farm. And, I bought you Animal Farm and, on Nintendo Switch. And it is like Animal Farm. That little bear's little MLM master. Yeah. He's like, just sign up, and then you have to. Then you have you're stuck in debt to this guy. It's a real trap. But and then I played that. It's to really get, a, it to really get is a my poverty simulator. <laughs> You're like, you got to figure out what the tur- how much the turnips are going to be worth. Yeah. And I'm like, why are we gambling on turnips? It's not gambling. What? It's not gambling. They're oh. non-fungible turnips. Oh, my God. Anyway, and then as soon as... Uh, that was a as, gold joke. I, I am so proud. of <laughs> It's non-fungible turnips? What's that? NFT? Oh, my God. There you go. Um, I needed... I know the listeners got it, but I, need you, I needed you to get it. So... And then as soon as I got vaccinated, I was like, fuck this game. Yeah. <laughs> so, I like, there's a part of my core that, like... I could I I just can't understand the well, well deep enthusiasm for video games. No, like but this. hold on, hold on. Let's go back to to Animal Crossing real quick. Yeah, right. Like when I remember when you were playing that and you were super excited and getting the fossils and all those different things. Yeah, it was during the height of lockdown and the pandemic. Right? Yeah, like that was your kind of beyond talking to your friends on Zoom and stuff like that. Like that yeah. was kind of your validation for some days. Some days validation. It was just like a thing to cope. It was something a, to do. But it was, saying, it, was, it was a coping mechanism. Yeah. Right. So for some of these guys, the video games were their coping mechanism for not being popular in school, for not being accepted, for all these things. They had video games. And so the women were coming to take them away. Yes. And then they had these forums where they went and talked about video games. And initially they went there and they wanted to say, I really like Mario Brothers 3 because I like getting a raccoon tail. Okay, that's and then, pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And then someone else would be like, I also enjoy Mario Brothers 3. Did you know there's going to have a different ending? Oh, that's pretty cool. Hey, man, you know the Jews are the problem, right? Like, that's kind of like... Wait, what? I jumped a bunch of steps, but that's where it always goes. <laughs> so... And then now we're... Then the Mario Brothers movie is the most popular movie right now. Yeah. We're going to get to that. <laughs> oh, God. So, so, again, that was February 2013. Okay, let's okay. get out of February 2013. All right, so we're going to jump ahead to August 2014. Okay. So in August of 2014, the, the Zoe Post drops. Okay, what's the Zoe Post? Zo- the Zoe Post was written by a man. Now, I, I'm going to butcher his name. Okay. Actually, why don't you try to read it here? No, don't put that on me. No, I'm going to, because I butchered so many Patreons. Oh, man. Okay. The highlighted name right highlighted there. highlighted name. Eron, I'm going to assume that G is silent. Eron Joni. Okay. All right. Eron. We're, we're both agreed it's Eron. I think it's Eron. Not Eron. Eron. Oh, wow. Yeah. That. But anyway, this guy. You should have want, want, want yourself for that. Okay. Eron. <laughs> no. All right. So he, he writes a lengthy, detailed account of his relationship and eventual breakup with Zoe Quinn. What? It's a di- it's like an ex diet ex's diatribe. He posted a couple times. I I'm pretty sure I read that he posted it three times what? on different blogs. 
But the third time, it got picked up by 4chan. And what he claims in it mm-hmm. to the 4chan users is starting to prove a nagging little idea they have. Okay. Because before this happened, there was a thing that happened with Halo. So when Halo came out. Halo's the shooter game? Yeah, the shooter video game on Xbox. Yeah. It had a big tie-in with like Mountain Dew and Doritos, which is owned by Pepsi. It's the one that all the guys made their whole personality. The guys have big trucks. It's like they're- Yeah, yeah, Master Chief. That's the main character. He's a faceless guy inside of a suit of armor who kills aliens and has a, a woman named Cortana that he puts inside of his head that everyone wants to have sex with. Wait, wait, okay, hold on. What? How, what's that have to do with Mountain Dew? Exactly. When they rolled out, I think it was either Halo 3 or Halo 4, it was heavily tied into Mountain Dew Code Red. Oh, okay. So, like, you could get, like, almost like the box tops and shit like that from, like, Doritos and Mountain Dew. I had a roommate that was obsessed with Mountain Dew. Yeah. But not the regular or the Code Red. He liked all the weird flavors, like the purple ice. Yeah. And like whenever they would come out, he would buy like a flat of them. Yeah. And it was just like the whole side of our apartment had all just like Mountain Dew. Um, and it's all he drank. It was insane. And I had one or two in my life and I was like, this is not good. I don't like Mountain Dew myself. They're not. I mean. I've never been a fan. I guess it was like, originally created, I think, to chase moonshine with. That makes sense. Because um, so, it's thick. Yeah, it's thick. <laughs> it's supposed got, to be It's cut. real viscous. You're supposed to cut that, bro. <laughs> You're supposed to put something in there. That's pure, that's pure mountain Columbia. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, they had, there was a feeling among people in general that video games were being overly commercialized, even though they've always been commercialized. But the, the product tie-ins are getting more and more gross during this time. So you start to see things like a few years prior in play, the game Crazy Taxi, KFC is actually in the game. You're starting to see actual real-world advertisements coming in there. So there's a mixture of overt marketable capitalism that's happening in front of the gamers and they're just seeing it now they're just seeing it now because it's so it's so in their face and these people aren't bright by the way these are dumb dumb people (laughs) i want to be very clear these are very stupid men i yep i'm i'm getting gathering that okay so these idiot boys (laughs) are sitting there and they're noticing this and they're starting to feel like they're being played because the advertising... Ooh, they're getting played by the video game they thought they were playing. Exactly, exactly. So they're getting very, very upset. Mm-hmm. And But there's there's something else. And they, again, because of conspiracies and all these other different things that are floating around on 4chan, it's starting to bubble up in their brain that maybe there's something greater happening out there. And that's when the Zoe post kicks in for okay, these guys. Okay, I was wondering where this... Because like I'm picturing this post the way that... like. A woman who recently left her husband, whose name is Dawn, posts about it on social media yeah. and writes like a huge diatribe about mm-hmm. how he don't even see the kids. Yeah, it's you know? kind of like that. And that's how I'm picturing it. And then it gets like two likes and one person just comments like, you should delete this. Yeah, it's basically. <laughs> and that's that person is me. That's how it should have been treated. Yeah. However, this became treated. You posted this three times, my dude. You should delete this. This, this. You've be- been playing the depression game. You should. <laughs> you should probably try a depression quest. You ever it? heard of this game, Depression Quest, you my dude? You might learn I about feel yourself. like you might need to learn. So, um, in the blog post, uh, Aaron, Iran, whatever, this dipshit, he claimed that Zoe Quinn received the favorable reviews that she got on websites. In exchange for a sexual relationship that she had with a reporter named Nathan Grayson, 
who worked for the gaming websites Kotaku and Rock Paper Shotgun. Now, Aaron later admitted he had no proof of this. He later admitted this wasn't true. Also, when you look at the timeline, there's one big problem with this. Nathan Grayson never wrote about Zoe Quinn. They later dated long after Depression Quest was already out. All of this was a lie. Yeah, that's why they had to break up. Because he's a liar. Because he's a liar and he's a narcissistic psychopath. Yeah. So this becomes the linchpin that begins Gamergate. Now, before the Gamergate happened, there's another small thing I want to touch base on. Okay. Which is the gamification of trolling. So 4chan learned Mm -hmm. to create sock puppet accounts on Twitter and Tumblr. Okay. And to create a astroturf. Do you know what that means? The stuff you put on a yard? Yes. It's fake. You want to show a grassroots movement? Uh Uh-huh. With millions or hundreds of thousands of people involved. Okay. But you don't have millions or hundreds of you thousands of people. get Russian bots. Kind of. You make a shit ton of sock puppet accounts. Okay. Maybe, you know, some basic coding. Mm-hmm. And you just have them repeat stuff so you can run hashtags up just enough. Isn't that what Twitter is now? It's yes. just like a thousand sock puppets? Yeah, it's it's all it is. I'm sorry, a million sock puppets? It's like a closer, yeah. It's millions of sock puppets. Well, they're but, estimated to lose 32 million in yeah. a few years. So, like, whatever. Good. But what they realized is we don't have to get it all the way to the top. Mm-hmm. We only have to get it to number like 29 or 19 on trending. And then the users will take it the rest of the way. One of their test cases was um, uh, end Father's Day. Hashtag end Father's Day. So they mm-hmm. created a bunch of fake SJW, social justice warrior okay, accounts. Okay, good. So they made it so that they were women with like colored hair. Yeah, with, with like dyed hair and stuff like that. And who would then post like end Father's Day. It's part of the patriarchal system. Father's Day is like a super chill holiday, just like a barbecue. Exactly. That's most people's reactions. Yeah. But they were purposely in creating anger. So then people would reply to it. You know who would start this? Fox? The, no, the chick that actually invented a Mother's Day, who's from Philly. She uh, wanted to end Mother's Day after she invented it. Yeah. Yeah. because She, <laughs> she wanted... was like, hashtag end this, dude. Yeah, she didn't want it to be a Hallmark Day. No. She was like, no, you, I just want you to remember that your mom does stuff. I want you to remember your mom's human, she said. And they were like, boo, we'll give her a card. We're going to send you 4,000 emails you need to unsubscribe from right now. This is about flower sales. We need soap. We need candles. And you're going to buy them. Listen, lady. I know you want us to remember our mom's a human. But what we're not going to remember, we're not going to remember restaurant employees on Sunday brunches during Mother's (laughs) Day weekend, you (laughs) son of a bitch. They are just walking hands that need to bring me my, my mom egg dishes. You bring me my ranch. My mommy needs ranch. So anyway, that visceral reaction... What, what would happen is you, they would get people who would reply to them. Okay. And say things like, hey, this is fucking stupid. You're an idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But by replying to it, it engages it. And the algorithms blow it up even more. Yeah, all attention and is then good attention. the secondary goal is to get a small group of people who are part of the fake target group they're creating. So maybe there's a 19-year-old woman who's a, a women's studies major, mm-hmm. you know, in Canada or something like yeah. that. Who reads this, thinks it's in good faith, yeah, and reads a part of it and goes, well, you know, it is kind of true that we are 
you know, by having Mother's and Father's Day, we're really looking at this through like the single, you know, dual binary when there's really more th- than this. Yeah, Parents' Day. Yeah, exactly. But by doing that, by her engaging that like that, mm-hmm. she's now validating the thing that never existed. Okay. So, so now it becomes one of these things where it's kind of what happens a lot now where conservatives make up a thing in their head. Oh, my God. And then fight, uh, yell about it. So like the like the litter the kitty litter the kitty litter people yeah the kitty litter in high schools and yeah. now there's furries like that that type of thing so anyway listen we I'm not saying we should be against furries but furries aren't working around schools no so the hashtag GamerGate yeah that comes from Watergate yeah I yep okay all right so and Gate Gate has the Watergate scandal was from the Nixon administration it's what took down him but Gate is now. Any type of scandal for anything is now called gate. You yeah. put at the end. So somebody came up with the idea of the name Gamergate. Mm-hmm. And what they did is they started it, started moving it as a targeted harassment campaign. And in fact, when you look it up at Wikipedia, when you type in Gamergate yeah. in parentheses next to it, yeah. it says targeted harassment campaign. Oh. Because what their cover was, was the idea of, quote, it's all about ethics and games journalism. I couldn't care less about the ethics of gaming journalism. Exactly, which is why you weren't there to fight them. Oh, yeah, right. Because, again, they picked something that was so niche, that is so small, that is to the side. These are people argue the same way people will argue about AEW versus WWE ratings. Yeah. And you're like, I just want to watch a good show. Yeah. But there are people who will literally... Every week, log into Twitter to argue about the the ratings of a Monday night versus a Wednesday night show. Why the fuck do they care about ratings? They're not getting paid. Exactly. Vince cares about ratings because he needs someone to help shave that mustache right. No, he doesn't care about ratings anymore. He sold the company for billions. So the... He still works there though, right? Yeah, but he doesn't... Listen, he can cash out whenever he wants. He's done. He's not going to though. He's Vince. No, because he's fucking insane. We're not not doing this. We're not getting into Vince McMahon. Oh my God. But in general with these guys... What they would do is this ethics and game, game journalism cover mm-hmm. meant that they could keep harassing Zoe Quinn. They could keep harassing Brianna Wu, who was another game developer. And they could they could keep harassing someone they already hated by the name of Anita Sarkeesian. Mm-hmm. Now, Anita is a Canadian-American uh, media critic okay, uh, who's a feminist. Yep. And she is the founder of Feminist Frequency, a website that hosts videos and commentary analyzing portrayals of women in popular culture. I love that. It does sound boring. It is. It's Again, this is very niche. Yeah. Like, this is for a very, very, very small It seems audience. like something that I would read if I was, like, doing a study on it in, like, school or something. 100%. It's not, like... It's not a video game. So in 2012, Anita got into 4chan's crosshairs. Okay. Now, one thing that's happened for a very long time with video games is video game fans, gamers, if you will, (laughs) have always wanted to be, number one, taken seriously. Uh, Oh, this is really helping their case. I know. But number two, they've always viewed video games as art, which is true. Yeah, there's Video artists. Games. They have to draw the cartoons. They yeah. got to write the stories. The artists. Yeah, there's a total thing. There's but, music. But for a very long time, because arcades. There's the people that stand like this. You talking about the mocap people? No, like they like they just like you got to get past me. You got I got to say this thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they're called. <laughs> that was an amazing on our audio podcast. <laughs> Sorry, you're just guys. wiggling back. I was and just forth. like standing, kind of like going back and forth a little. You basically were doing a Mortal Kombat standstill. Yeah, pose. yeah, that thing. Yeah, okay. So. 
Um, because video games, though, in the 70s were all arcade cabinets that were run on quarters, people always look at them as a kid's toy. So it wasn't ever treated as, as greatly as film was. But again, video game fans um, know nothing about history, so they don't think about the fact that movies weren't viewed as art until like the 1930s when all of the people who saw the first movies were dying off and the people who grew up with movies are like, no, movies are great. Movies are clearly art. We're now at a time where people will openly admit video games are art and video games have artistic merit, but we were right at that 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 crux point in 2010 when we were st- the argument was starting to win, right? Yeah. So Anna, so they're Anita, trying to defend their love of the arts by bullying ladies. Yes. So because Anita is one of the first people to take them seriously in 2012. So she's on their side. Yes. I know. <laughs> I know. But she isn't. She's also the enemy. Because here's the thing. In 2012, Anita uh, was initially targeted because she created a Kickstarter project to fund a YouTube series called Tropes versus Women in Video Games. She had a target of $6,000. She was able to raise $160,000 to be able to make this YouTube series. Okay? So she raised this money. And she, so which also proves there's clearly an audience for this, right? Yeah. There's people giving her that much money? Yeah. There's people giving her this much money. And so she starts to make the tropes versus women. And I actually watched a couple of them. They were actually quite good because she was pointing out, hey, how come in every video game to prove that the bad guy is bad, he has to rape a woman? Mm hmm. Or kidnap a woman and imply that he's assaulted them. HBO's Game of Thrones is leaving the room. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But that was one of the points is they were pointing the same way the the website TV tropes, the 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 same way all these different sites see these things, which is where they're pointing out, hey, why is it always you're trying to establish this guy is bad, so he has to do violence towards a woman? Why Why does the princess always have to be in another castle? You know, why, why are these things? We're just noticing that there's a through line through all of these different items, all these different games that repeatedly are treating women poorly, the, the female characters. Yeah. Why is that? That's just kind of what the videos are. I know why. I know you know why. Because it sells. <laughs> the, um, so, so when the Gamergate hashtag took off, okay, they targeted anita heavily so bomb threats doxing um it was, she was having speaking engagements that were often canceled because of just the amount of vitriol and and threats that were coming in um she had to hire personal security zoe brianna Wu, who i also mentioned they had to leave their homes and this is around the same time that the term doxing finally enters the main public. Mm-hmm. Doxing is posting someone's uh, personal information online, hoping for stochastic terrorism. Yeah. Uh, which is when you aren't going to actually do anything, but you're posting it, letting someone know. It's 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 like replying Lib- to someone. Libs of TikTok does it. Yeah, exactly. 100% like libs of TikTok. It's what you're doing is, I know where you were at 3 p.m. this afternoon. Yeah. I saw you in line at the McDonald's. You were in your champagne Toyota Corolla. And you don't know who this is coming from. Yeah, but you're like, I do have a champagne Toyota Corolla. Yeah. I'm killing the game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this begins to grow. While this is happening, Gamergate is on Twitter. It's on Tumblr. And it's also beginning, because so many people are now arguing and going into Twitter 
to try to defend people, it actually starts to grow Twitter. Okay. Because Tumblr users are now moving over to Twitter and realizing they're getting more engagement. So Twitter itself has always been built on... Harassment. Psychopaths harassing people. Yes. And in fact, during this time is when people initially pointed out to Twitter, you have Twitter has absolutely at this time no way of dealing with bullying and harassment. Yeah. There was no way in reality to report accounts. There was no way to deal with dog whistles unless the person wrote, I am going to kill you. You couldn't get an account <laughs> And they still banned. probably wouldn't. Uh, they, now they wouldn't delete you. No, they, now they wouldn't. Elon, Elon would like it. Yeah, Elon retweet. would be like, oh, they wrote it in Minecraft. Elon, like, Elon retweeted it. Yeah. Um, but 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 this was the beginning. That's so it. crazy to me because like I'm thinking about it and like the, I don't, is it the validity or like just like the, the way that. People are watching, we're all watching Twitter die right now, and it's amazing. I love it. Um, But the way that it has like this validity now of like people being like, no, well, we need it because, you know, the news is on there and the the president's on there, and like we have to have it. It can't, we can't let it die. Like they're, like they're saying that the banks can't crumble. And it's like, no, let that thing die. Well, this has been a roach from the beginning. Step on it. But then part of it is because of the centralization, again, of the internet. Mm. Is once the internet really became six to seven sites, you know, you like I said, yeah. if you really go look at look at what most people's internet usage is going to be, yeah. right? It's going to be YouTube, face. You know, we'll say Meta in general for Facebook and Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Twitter. It's going to be Reddit. It's going to be TikTok. It's going to be these higher levels of social media. It's going to be our new sponsor, BlueChew.com. Hey, y'all. <laughs> are you tired of your game being gated? Step on down to BlueChew. <laughs> That's right. BlueChew is here to make sure that you get all hard in the sheets. So that way you can't be making them squeets. What's a squeet, you ask? I was going to ask. Yeah, that's like a queef that gets a squirt with it. Oh, bam, bam, bam. No. Go use our Go use our <laughs> promo code. I don't have one. <laughs> it's like, what is your promo code going to be? I know. But even better, how about this one? What? Have you played Depression Quest and found out that you need more help? <laughs> better help is here for you. <laughs> So, all right, that was a good aside. Sorry. To make you a little happy? Yeah. That made you a little happy? I needed a little dopamine. Okay, you got some dopamine? Yeah. Let's get into some of this harassment. Okay. So, um, a lot of this, the, the big thing with Gamergate, and what's funny, what's not funny, but weird about it, is it's actually very similar to the Occupy uh, movement. Okay. In that it's it's decentralized. There's no central leader. So, what you would have is you started to have the harassment campaigns were orchestrated through anonymous message boards. So 4chan, 8chan, and Reddit. Now, Reddit had one board in particular, Kutaku in Action. Now, when I mentioned that reporter earlier, Mm -hmm. he wrote for Kotaku. Kotaku was owned by Gawker. Okay. Which, remember, Peter Thiel took out. Yeah. Now, one thing about Kotaku is Kotaku was writing more for, I want to say, a more diverse audience so more for like the Tumblr audience than the 4chan one. Okay. So they were writing articles about Anita Sarkeesian. They were writing articles about, hey, it's weird that when I'm playing Resident Evil, um, the camera is forcing me to look up this young woman's skirt. Ooh, okay. Hey, why do we spend so much time on boob jiggle physics for this volleyball game well. instead of actually making a good game? Little things like that would really get in the craw of the people on 4chan and on Reddit especially 
because they were like, you're not actually giving reviews of games. You're pointing out all the bad, you know, these things that you say are bad, but I love them. Yeah. I want I want the, the women's armor to only cover their nipples. It doesn't make sense. How would they stay safe? Exactly. But uh, it's mithril. That's the answer, by the oh, way. Okay. It's mithril. It's elven metal. It's So they don't need full plate. They need boob armor. But why the boob isn't a, a, like a organ? Like you need to protect the organs. The way I use them, they are. You know what? What? Bluechew.com. That's right, everybody. Bluechew.com. <laughs> All right. Um, so Kotaku in action is a big part of it. And the thing is, is as all of this is happening over time, you get um, you get a, a few different things that begin. One thing that happens is that the, the founder of 4chan, Christopher Poole, bans all discussion of Gamergate on the site as attacks are ramping up. Okay. Uh, which leads a lot of the Gamergate 4chaners okay. to leave 4chan and move to 8chan. Now, 8chan and 4chan... Does he also own that? No. So somebody else started something, just called it 8chan? Yeah, so 8chan, and I don't want to go into the too, his, too deep of a history of it, but 8chan basically was like 4chan on steroids. Oh, good. So as 4chan was growing, uh, you know, you had certain communities that... Uh, wanted to do stuff extremely illegal and horrifying. Yeah. And the 4chan user was like, well, I don't want to go to fucking federal prison. Yeah. Stop it. Mm-hmm. And so whenever that happened, people would go to 8chan, which was hosted internationally, and then they would go over there and commit all their crimes. Oh, wow. All while still keeping that 4chan mentality. Great. Now, this is going to become important later. Okay. Um, so it's banned. They're, 4chan, the bastion of freedom of speech, bans all talk <laughs> of Gamergate. Okay. Which, again, now moves it from the original birthplace. So now Kotaku in action becomes more important with it. And 8chan becomes more, more bigger with it. And then you start to see the growth of certain people on Twitter and on other websites start to run with it. By October 2014, Deadspin estimated that based on numbers uh, of users discussing Gamergate on the entirety of Reddit for that month, it probably has a total of 10,000 total supporters. Okay. But if you go to Twitter, the counts of tweets would be in the millions. Yeah, because they have bots. Because they have bots. And because, again, Twitter's starting to get into quote tweets and retweet dunks. Mm-hmm. And so it, the algorithm doesn't look at pro, you know, pro or anti. No. It just looks at someone said hashtag gamer. So if I was complaining about Gamergate and I wrote, I think hashtag Gamergate is stupid. Yeah. When I go look at the trending topic, it just says hashtag Gamergate 6 million. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like that's what it, it's seeing up there. So this begins to morph and it begins to change. Yeah. And so with that, we are going to take a pause. Oh. And we're going to turn we, the page. We need to get really excited about what's going to happen next. I'm sure it's something really good. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be real good. <laughs> <laughs> And we're back. You're holding my King Ghidorah statue. He he needs little forehead kisses. Three of them. <laughs> three of them? <laughs> He's got three little foreheads. Yeah, three little foreheads. That's King Ghidorah. I know. I love Godzilla. Okay. So, um, with 
4chan in general while it was banned eventually it was you know allowed to come back once mm-hmm. once it kind of died down a little bit and uh one thing i do want to bring to your attention mm-hmm. is the fact that 4chan started to realize hey we keep being called misogynist because of our misogynist hate targeting <laughs> campaign and we want to point out that this is this is just about this, ethics. This and, is about ethics. Ethics and games journalism, you know guys. I want, to, I want to talk about the ethics in the Supreme Court. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, Let's talk about some ethics that fucking matter. So one of the things was that they wanted to change. So one, they did a couple different things. One thing they started doing is they started uh, doing uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, charity drives. Shut the fuck up. Because what they wanted to do is show, hey, we can't be misogynist if we're giving money mm, that to is an my animal shelter. Favorite shit. I, as someone who's worked in the nonprofit sector, there is nothing better slash worse, but like brings a little dopamine to my brain is when a terrible company reaches out and is like, we'd love to do a charity event for, for you. And we're like, you want to you want to give the puppy shelter money because. You accidentally killed a bunch of puppies in your factory? Yep. I don't think so, guys. Why don't you turn off the, the puppy killing factory, guys? Hey, um... But we have a write-off. We're getting a tax write-off every time a puppy dies. Hey, are you trying to say that actually a lot of nonprofit work is actually just keeping the system in place? Because these large corporations, instead of fixing the problems, are just writing it off by donating to these nonprofits? No, I'm just saying. I'm, like, in it, so, like, it's fine. So... <laughs> So one of the things that happens is there's a group called the Fine Young Capitalists. I don't shut the. Oh my god! I'm not gonna go. I wish I could it. slam my head in with desk. So this group, um, it funds a video game, and when they raise what some money, what the fuck does that video game do? It, it, not much. Okay. But one of the things that they do is they get a vote to add a character that that 4chan wants to make to try to humanize Gamergate oh. and to show that it's not misogynistic. And so they create a little anime girl. Do you see? Okay. Is that supposed to be Zoe? No. That is... I'm going to just read you this directly from Wikipedia. Okay, go ahead. 4chan created a character to be included in the game. The result was Vivian James, a character designed to appear like an ordinary female gamer. Her name is meant to sound like video games. Vivian James. Yeah, no, I've, I've watched enough Drag Race to know what you're trying to do. The color of her striped purple and green hooded sweatshirt represents a viral 4chan meme known as Daily Dose. Okay. Which depicted a character from the anime Dragon Ball Z, the character Vegeta, uh, raping... Wait, <laughs> what? Yep, it's a rape. It's a rape meme. They're, oh God, okay. I know it's that Piccolo, I'm. A, it's Piccolo. I know that Vegeta. I am a naive little baby. I didn't know there were memes about it. Yeah. So there was a thing that happened, and I had to like actually no. look this up. Oh my God. There was a meme where someone made a gif of Piccolo, the green and purple guy. Okay. From uh, from Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. Raping Vegeta, another character. Male. There are two men. He's being raped. And uh, it was posted so often okay. that they had to request, hey, don't uh, post it every, all the time. So it became known as the Daily Dose. 
And so when they were, they couldn't help themselves when they tried to create a character. That's okay. To they'd be like, look how we're not misogynistic. We're not, we're not bad people. But that the thing is, is the that's why they green, picked the colors. Yes, that's why they picked the colors. Oh my god. Yeah. You know what my concern is? Here's my this. I have a lot of concerns, and I know that you said I shouldn't ask why, because there's no, no good go ahead. answer. Go ahead. I'm gonna. This go. is the this, con- is, this is the concern. This is my concern. Okay, I am. I know I joke a lot about divorcing you all the time, but I am blessed to not have to be dating. But I am deeply concerned that the men and boys that did this type of stuff are out there in the dating pool. Yeah. I'm concerned for people. Yeah. They're just, these people are just walking around. They're just in CVS. They're just pumping gas at the Wawa. They're just... Oh my God! Well, like, let me let me put something more into context. For okay, you. good. This was ten years ago. Yeah, doesn't mean they're older now. Yeah, which means they probably were elected to a state house, oh. or they're showing up to school boards. Yeah, or they just become even more isolated and crazy. Yes. So remember what I mentioned. The reason why I wanted to bring this up. Remember when, remember when I mentioned Kotaku in action? Just now in the the rape meme. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But remember how before I was saying how more and more of them moved over to Kotaku in action. Yeah, that's the Reddit. I went to that subreddit today because it's still there. Why would you? Okay. That's their banner ad. Kotaku in action. And that's that's the meme girl. And is she on top of a dead body? No, she's on top of a manatee for some reason. But that is all over if you go to their subreddit. Yeah. The entire thing is covered in this girl because they've never let go of Gamergate. While everyone else has moved on past it, they never let go. Now, this is the part where we start to get... I can't think of anything I like from 2013, 2014, other than you. Okay, I was about to say, it's better end in me. (laughs) Like, I can't... I mean, I guess, like... Your friends? uh, Yeah. But, I like, not like a... Like a... Like a thing. Like a... I don't know. Like, I guess I have hobbies, but, like, riding bicycles... But you barely even do that anymore. I mean, you have a... What? I am not going. This time last year, I was doing the velodrome That's true. every week. Okay, but but hold on. <clears throat> so this is the next part. Now mm. this is where you're going to get really mad. I'm already pretty mad. Okay, because the next part involves the Lady Ghostbusters. Are you fucking kidding me right now? No. These psychopaths are going to come for the Lady Ghostbusters. They no, they did come for the Lady Ghostbusters. Okay. <sighs> No, go ahead. Go ahead. Get no, it out. No, no, no. I'm going to wait to hear what happens, and then I will uh, comment appropriately. Well, I'm just going to go off the top of my head Okay, go ahead. about this one, because mm-hmm. I witnessed it. Because one of the things that started happening, right, mm-hmm. is because of the Gamer Gators, the Gamer Gators on 4chan and other places then started I looking- started picturing them like alligators just then. The Gamer Gators. <laughs> yeah, the Gamer Gators. Yeah, that could, uh, Gotta get them into a Gator Gator role. Uh, well, yeah, it just like really leaned into the, flo- the Florida-ness yeah, of it yeah. all. So one of the things they started doing and one of the things that started happening pretty rapidly is all of the video game YouTubers Mm -hmm. started turning to more SJW bashing content. Yeah. So even people you like and respect today, all of them, if they were around on the internet in 2014, 2015, 16, all became very leaning into the SJW triggered, look at these people. And then they slowly started to make memes about real life people. Yeah. And you can still see these memes are still being used today. A decade later, they're still posting pictures of people completely out of context Mm -hmm. where as they're talking, their face looks a little weird. They screen grab that and then name them something crazy. Yeah. So one of the things that um, 
happens during this is the alt-right pipeline is begun to be formed. Oh, good. The alt-right pipeline. And how that happens through specifically video games is you have people, you have video game content creators, who for the most part in the past were just posting reviews of Zelda Link to the Past, right? Yeah. Hey, I just did video games and I complete playing your favorite video games. I'm going to show you where all the secret places are. Oh, I play video games. I'm going to tell you what I think about all these video games. Are these video games great? Oh, man, I've had to notice when I was online a lot, there's a lot of these SJWs saying that video games have to be uh, be quieted down and that we can't have our favorite characters like Chun-Li dressed like Chun-Li anymore. Mm. Chun-Li in her high skirts or Cammy in Street Fighter with that thong riding up her butt. Don't they know that Cammy's thong is important to her character? Yeah. Look, we've been it's doing this. It's just so for... easy to fight in a thong, you know? Yeah, it's just, we listen, she's been like that for 20 years and nobody's ever mentioned it before, so that means it's not a problem. Okay. And so slowly these guys start to do this and then people come into their comments or as they're posting these videos to Twitter or linking to them as Twitter, other people are starting to notice it. And so then other people start to comment on them and it starts to slowly build uh-huh. this cottage industry of guys complaining that women are complaining about mm. guys playing video games. And now they all have podcasts. And now all of them have podcasts and all of them have Patreons and all of them start to, to start to monetize this. Yeah. And then on top of that, it gets to a point on YouTube in Wait a minute. What happened to the Lady Ghostbusters? We're getting there. Oh, okay. What happens on YouTube is you end up in a situation where the algorithm knows that a certain guy only ever posts about video games. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But he notices that people who like watch his videos mm. also happen to watch videos of Nazis. But also, it's, I don't even, I, I think, I mean, I know how the All Right Pipeline works, and I know that that is the case, but I also think YouTube, don't come for me, YouTube.com, push it. No, like, they did, they did. It must, it must get so many views and, like, so addictive because, like, I... If I log out of my YouTube account and I just like open blank YouTube and I watch anything, I could watch a puppy video and then a video from 2020 Bon Appetit when it was still like a thing. And then the next video will be like Jordan Peterson. Am I right? And then if you click on Jordan Peterson, then suddenly it's like all of the psychopaths talking. And I'm like, guys, I was watching puppy videos. And then if you forget, and who knows what God reason you're on YouTube shorts. It's like you could watch two YouTube shorts and suddenly it's Andrew Tate in the gym. And then the next one is some guy ben, on a podcast. Ben Shapiro. Yeah. And then there's some guy on a podcast be like, women need to be in the kitchen. And I'm like, what? And then I'm like, I was just watching a well, video about eyebrow gel. And again, all of this was created during that time because the algorithm was the, the algorithm had one goal, which is to keep you on YouTube. And what keeps people on anything longer than anything else is fear. Yeah. It's 100% That's how Fox News works. That's how Fox works. That's how all of these places work. And so what you create is a cottage industry that... It's not cottage anymore. It's not cottage anymore. Now it's it's a (laughs) billion... It's big business. It's it's a big big industry of everything you ever like and were nostalgic about Mm -hmm. is about to be ruined. They are coming for you. Who are they? The social justice warriors. Mm -hmm. Who are social justice warriors? Uh, well, that is a term that was created jokingly. Yep. And the weird part is, is when you go back to people who are now accused of being social justice warriors, you will actually find that for the most part, those are critiques of the left that came from the left. Mm-hmm. So when you would be at a leftist meeting and there's someone who would get up and say, I think I'm a vegan and I think that dogs should be able to vote. And you're like, 
hey, what? No. Hey, man. I, I feel like I feel like you think you're fighting for social justice really as a real warrior. We're really just trying to get a fucking few potholes fixed. We, no, but even more, like, we, would, we would really like health care. <laughs> yeah, we're just trying to get health care, you know, my dude. But that's, originally that's where that joking term came okay, from. And so then they're that trying was to replace us. I remember Charlottesville. Yeah, yeah, but that's, that's starting to build. And so it then pivots mm-hmm. from just video games because, look, if they did that with video games. Oh, no. They're going to ruin the Ghostbusters. If they do that with video games, they're going to do that with all media. Mm-hmm. And they're going to do that. They do that they're with They're going to let women who are 51% of the population be in things and do stuff? Yeah. Gross. And so one of the things they did is they went crazy about Ghostbusters. And again, because this was another way now, they knew at this point, and by they, it's it's the cabal of people that are all taking turns running this organization. Yeah. This loose confederation of, of crazies. Ghostbusters was a good one for them to go with because it hit the nostalgia of 30-year-olds. Yeah. So 30-year-olds who grew up watching Ghostbusters 1 and 2, maybe watch the Ghostbusters cartoon show, all these different things. Now there's a lady version of it? Oh, hell yeah. I was. I mean, how many times have I seen it in the theater? Quite well, a few. Quite a few. And what they did is they went through it, and you started to see these same versions of people like the angry video game nerd mm-hmm. and others start to make these tirades Based off just the trailer before the movie was even released. And what you end up in this situation is they would realize, hey, if I make an angry video about the lady Ghostbusters, yeah, this gets more reaction. They want to make a positive movie about a video about Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. No one actually gives a fuck about my review of Ghostbusters 2. But me trying to protect the franchise of Ghostbusters? Like you got any stake in it. Exactly. Didn't Dan Aykroyd get a ghost blowjob? Yes. (laughs) We got to protect the kids. Got to protect the kids. We got ghost blowjobs out here. But also remember, Leslie Jones is in the movie and a lot of them went after Leslie Jones. Remember? Remember? She was my favorite part. Well, and a lot of the (laughs) racists leaned in that she was playing a racist caricature. No, that's just her. She just is acting. I know. I know. <laughs> you and I know this. <laughs> she wasn't acting. She's just her. But Leslie Jones is a loud, dark-skinned woman. Yeah, love her. Right? And they went, look at her, and they started doing horrific photoshops of her. Mm-hmm. This was around the time they chased her off Twitter. Yeah. Remember, this is right before yeah. all that. They chased Leslie Jones off Twitter because she was getting such daily harassment. Now, what also... Uh, fell into it is you have two sides of the internet happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. Part of that is on the BuzzFeed Kotaku Gawker side of things, you have women feeling more free to openly talk about their experiences online, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So we had the growth of things and 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 words like mansplain, yeah, manspreading, different things like that, and there was different videos that were being made by BuzzFeed that purposely had a more diverse cast talking about their experiences in real life and their experience and reactions to certain videos yeah, and to certain events, giving a much broader view of the world, making the internet actually look like the people of the that, world, of, the world and and of we, America. And that's where uh, Quinta started, yes. BuzzFeed. Yeah, and so, and so all of these different things are growing. And so some of the people they'd have on these things mm-hmm. would be kind of annoying. You'd see them and you're like, all right, well, that's not the best way to say that. Well, it's the internet. Yeah. I can pull They were also line. like, 
the it's there so also funny like to, early 20s yeah that's goofballs. what i was thinking is like when you look back and like you see the old buzzfeed videos and you're like they were babies like exactly. they were like 20 some years old they were having like like just leaning into like what they thought was maturity and they're like making these crazy videos and like it's just funny to look back on them now and be like, oh my God, they really like thought they were fully grown, formed adults and they weren't. Yep. So like you can't. No, but exactly. But the people at the time yeah. who are attacking them of course. are using Also this... not fully grown adults, got no frontal lobes. Yeah, but they're using this again as bait of look, you know, BuzzFeed at one point was an insanely popular website. Yeah. Right. And because of that, they're going, look, it's using subliminal messages, man. What? Hey, listen, they're trying to make you. They're trying to make you feel. Oh, is this the Matrix stuff again? Yeah, it's all that. It, it, it's all interconnected again with the conspiracy <sighs> side of things. You know what's wild is that, like, when the Lady Ghostbusters came out, you know, Alex, I was first in line opening night, and then I saw it a few more times, and then I also bought it probably. And no, like, you did buy it. I did buy it. <laughs> and so, like, the thing is, is like, uh, I didn't know about this, so like, it's. It's just wild to me that like all these like people are all like I'm so upset, I'm so upset, and it's like meanwhile there's just like uh, there's a huge pocket of people that are just like having a good time, like oh my god, Lady Ghostbusters, how fun! The Ghostbusters were my favorite when I was little. Can't believe they're doing a ladies' version. And then the other new one came out, and I saw that opening night too with the yeah little kid. That was awesome. The stranger, yeah, that was great. The Stranger Things kid. I one. thought the, I thought the newer one was better than the Lady Ghostbusters one because they're also two because completely separate. You're noise. A misogynist. Okay, but also <laughs> they are two very different. They're situations. also two very different things. And the thing is, is there are that don't get mad. Okay, there are critical responses that you can have to the Lady Ghostbusters. How dare you? versus the originals versus the newest one yeah. I thought the newest one fit better in into the flow mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that really mm-hmm. felt more like a Ghostbusters 3 yeah, okay. than the Lady Ghostbusters did however yeah. it also doesn't fucking matter because ghosts aren't real so wow alright now now we're gonna fight okay the ghosts in this house would like to have a word but <laughs> at the same time mm-hmm. there remember how I said that this isn't being run by anyone the whole the whole gamergate the thing. whole gamergate thing has no leader but it does have a video game or it does have a picture yeah well you know on kotaku now again it's it's being run from a bunch of different areas okay i got it there's no main leader however on twitter all right there and on a few other places a couple leaders did kind of bubble to the top Ugh. who built who started to build up their street cred one of what which yeah no well internet street cred. <laughs> Not One of them is cred. Mike uh, Cernovich. Don't know who he is, therefore he doesn't have street cred. There you go. Uh, Mike Cernovich was a self-proclaimed champion of Gamergate. He was a diehard Trump supporter. He mm-hmm. was a integral part of the Pizzagate conspiracy theories. Oh, God. He organized the Deplora Ball, the alt-right-themed Trump inauguration gala. This guy sounds so lame. Yeah. Well, what he did, though, is he saw early on that, hey, if I can get people to believe that video game articles are being manipulated by a secret cabal of people, then I can get them to believe that CNN is. That the New York Times is. Yeah. That maybe everything in the world is. Yeah, it is. Because Rupert look, Murdoch. Yeah, look look at how they're look at how they're affecting everything. So But so, he's also doing that. Yeah, he's hundred percent doing it. He is and then he the did cabal. it through Pizzagate, which again is a spin-off. Pizzagate You're start... not gonna try to explain all of Pizzagate today, right? Because I am not no, about no. to take that in. This is what you need to know about Pizzagate. Not real. Pizzagate mm-hmm. started on 4chan. Oh my god. And then grew and was moved to 8chan. Mm-hmm. And then grew and moved to Twitter and Facebook. Same thing. It's yep. the same goddamn thing. Q 
QAnon. Oh. Guess where it started? Oh my god, probably 4chan. Yep, guess where it moved? Probably 8chan. Yep. <sighs> guess where it ended up? Probably on Twitter. Well, probably in all of a lot of people's mom's Facebook feeds. Yes. That's where like, 100%. everybody's brainwashed moms and aunts. To the point now dads. where people now know that the person who's been posting its Q for the last like five years mm-hmm. is actually the owner of 8chan. What? Yeah, everyone knows. Everyone but you. Okay. And he, and by the way, his name's Ron Watkins. And he ran uh, in Arizona for a congressional candidate. Did he win? No, he lost the well, Republican primary and only received 1% of the vote because he's so incredibly unlikable and unnerving as a human being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, all of these guys at this point, they were all hiding behind keyboards where on the internet, they are incredibly charismatic and they're constantly building these conspiracies. And everybody but says if, they're cool and they're like, oh, you're the best dude. Yeah, well, because you're again, they're telling me You know constantly. what this reminds me of? Okay, I need to talk about something that brings me happiness so that I can not go into a void okay. about what we're talking about. Okay, so on RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> Okay, there is uh, Trixie Mattel, who you know I love, and she like you on her YouTube and her other social media. She used to do a pretty funny impersonation of RuPaul. It was like an okay impersonation of RuPaul, and everybody on the internet would always be commenting, "Oh my God, you have to do that for Snatch Game. You have to do RuPaul for Snatch Game," and like she got all this like feedback on the internet that this was such a good impersonation of RuPaul and you she just had to do it so when she did went back for all stars a few years later during the snatch game she did this impersonation of RuPaul but the thing is it was it was one note it was only a meme so it's like it's an hour show and it flopped she lost the episode she almost got eliminated because the internet told her she was really good and cool at this thing yeah and she listened to the comment section and then she got in the real world everybody was like Oh no, this is not it. But this, and that's what that guy did. Yeah, but this same thing, same exact thing was happening to PewDiePie. Oh God. Do you I know, only know that name from once in a while things and it's never good. So with PewDiePie was at one point one of the biggest YouTubers, right? He talks really fast, right? Yeah, he talks really fast. He's from like Sweden or whatever. And um he was getting pushed more and more alt right because again his followers were beginning to be pushed more and more mm-hmm. alt right. And he was getting more engagement from them. Yeah. So again, he started following the comments as well. He's but making the, money. But all of these guys start doing it. H three H three. If you go back and watch them around this time, you'll see them make a lot of videos about SJWs getting triggered. Yeah. A lot. Of, and then a lot of apology videos. A later. lot of apology <laughs> videos later. But again, it's one of those things when you're chasing the bag. Oh, who am I hurting? Yeah. It's one thing whenever I make a TikTok and you and I sit down and, and start. Like I, I, I make my first pass mm-hmm. and I show it to you. And then you're like, I want you to think about this group who might yeah. like take that differently. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you're right. And then we figure out a way to word it in a way where it'll be less offensive or might just remove the whole thing. Because there's been times where there's topics I've wanted to cover on in three minutes on TikTok that deserve a much wider breath. Yeah, you can't get nuanced on TikTok. You really can't. But that's the other thing, though, is with TikTok, you can see someone's face yeah, and you can hear them talking to you. And that's a much different delivery than Twitter, where everyone's reading it in the voice they if you're If I'm already mad mm-hmm. and I read it, yeah. I'm going to read it however the fuck I want to read it. Yeah. So back to Mike Cernovich. Great. So this guy, again, he's like an independent, quote unquote, journalist, all this different stuff. He's huge with the Nazis, massive with Trump. 
Um, he's big on the Pizzagate stuff. And he, again, he's also screaming about, he's actually trying to protect women because they're being used by these video game companies. Mm -hmm. Um, he was, Mike Cernovich was arrested and charged with rape in 2003. The rape charges were dismissed, but he was ordered to perform community service for misdemeanor battery. And his record was later expunged. I just want to point that out because this is a real common thing that happens with all these fuckers. Yeah. All the people are always screaming, save the children. Wait a minute. Hold on. The Pizzagate guy was no. a rapist? Yeah. No, that, yeah, duh, obviously. What? Of course. Yeah. No, I need, we need to circle back to something incredibly important that we couldn't do uh, last week, which is that that guy that from my lore dump last week, you remember you Googled him after we got off? Oh, the Trump guy. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what happened? Well, people should stick around to the end and we'll tell them about it. <laughs> You're this far in, guys. It's an hour 22. <laughs> so... The next name that comes up. Yeah. Milo Yiannopoulos. Okay. I remember when he was popular and you t- screaming on the internet about him. Yes. So Milo was a writer at Breitbart. Okay. Do you know what Breitbart is? Yeah. It's like the Fox News turned up to 11. Yes. It started out as like the conservative version of Huffington Post. Mm-hmm. And then when the, the founder of it, Andrew Breitbart, died, it began to morph into what the owner of it eventually called the internet home of the alt-right. But Milo, because so few actual organizations were writing positively about Gamergate, yeah, Milo was... Because there's nothing positive to write about it. There's nothing. Mm. Nothing positive about it. Milo was actually one of the editors and writers about technology on Breitbart. So Breitbart became one of the few places that would write positively about Gamergate. Because of that, Breitbart became the go-to place for news for Gamergators. It built legitimacy among this community. Gamergators. So as this community is getting more and more radicalized, they're now being pushed over there. And then Milo, through Twitter and other things, becomes a user, a, a leader of Gamergate, and he slowly started building his brand off of it. And the new CEO, after Andrew Reitbart died, took notice of this Mm -hmm. and noticed in his words that Milo had grown an an army of angry young men who had no direction Mm. and that could be pushed towards other things. Okay. The CEO of Breitbart at the time, Mm -hmm. his name, Steve Bannon. He's the guy that looks like an evil villain with the little glasses. Yes, he's the one who also backed Trump's campaign. Yeah. Who was also eventually Trump's campaign manager. And then... And Breitbart was paid for by the Mercers. The Mercers were Trump's number one uh, financial backers. Mm -hmm. They are a secret of billionaires who have been pushing a lot of hard right politics over the years. Yeah, what you're describing is a cabal. Yes. A (laughs) hundred percent. And now also, Milo... Then pivots. Oh. He stops talking as much about video games and he starts doing the Ben Shapiro grift, mm-hmm. which is he starts touring college campuses and agitating uh, students with his support of Trump, his anti-immigration, and his anti-women's rights positions. And his anti-women's rights positions are caged in the fact that at the time he was an openly gay man who was a supporter of hard right politics. So you couldn't call him anti-gay but he could be an openly gay woman hater 
And then that was kind of different and wacky. And then when the supporters... There's of, nothing different and wacky about the misogyny. Listen, okay, I, right. I know. I know what you're going to say. All right. But his supporters could then claim, mm-hmm. Gamergate people could then claim, hey, we aren't, we aren't anti-gay because look, we listen to Milo. Oh my God! He's their he's their ultimate pick me trophy. Yeah, and he's then, one of the good ones. And then also they would slowly start to build up women. I don't have examples of them, but there were quite a few. <laughs> I didn't want to go. We don't know deep. where they are anymore. No, because a, a lot of them were actually. And what's weird is a lot of them are Canadian. Oh my God! Like across the board with all these things, because oh, no. a lot of these Why? these groups start in Canada. Well, because Canada actually has more laws about hate speech. Yeah, so they got to come down here and start yelling. Yeah, so they come down here and go, look what's happening in Canada. That could happen <laughs> here. Americans were just like, we can fuck. Yeah, but most of us are kind of like, I don't know, that sounds lovely. <laughs> it's not even that. Just like, I feel like anybody that came down here to scream about something that's going on not in America, Americans are just so self-centered. Yep. They're like, what? No, we don't care. So with all of this, though, you can see where these types of different forces are starting to grow and they're starting to build off the backs of Gamergate and the tracks they're laying down, Mm -hmm. the paths they're beating for them. And so what happens is Donald Trump declares his candidacy for president. Mm -hmm. The Gamergaters and are not if, even if all of them don't follow him, yeah, they start using the same tactics. We're going to push hashtags, fake bots on Twitter, fake bots, memes the great meme war begins so and the other thing they know is to rush the zone when it comes to disinformation and misinformation flood the zone because it's going to take more time for the other side to say hillary clinton didn't just have a stroke in the middle of new york Mm -hmm. she has the flu and had a fever which is why it looked like she was about to faint as she was getting in a van she's not about to die yeah. So they could keep taking any story and blowing it up to 100. Yeah. And keep flooding the zone with misinformation mm-hmm. and then also chasing off anyone else. So slowly, as you have people come in and go, guys, listen, I don't think Hillary Clinton's the best candidate, but she's better than Donald Trump. Yeah. Well, do you support pedophiles? What? Pizzagate. What? Okay. What? So, but that's what I mean. This is what they slowly got it to be. So it became the same thing where where you'd be like, "Hey, man, maybe you guys shouldn't, uh, maybe you guys shouldn't be harassing Zoe Quinn." Yeah. You could turn around and say, "Oh, so I guess you're part of the people who are manipulating our media all the time because you don't want to have good video games because you're just trying to ruin our fun." So you're no longer hearing a rational person. Yeah. No, none of this has been rational. No none. rational people none. have been involved so far. All of this plays on the lizard brain. It's 100% lizard brain the entire Lizard brain. Yep. Gator gamers. <laughs> yes. I'm picturing it, the cartoon image in my head now of the gamer gators. Yep. And it's it's really cute in my head, so I need to ug it up a little. Yeah. But yeah, they're just like nerdy gators and um, they got, they're just like hunched over a little computers being like this. I'm, I'm, this is, I matter. And you're like, okay. Yeah. So the, um, the big thing is Trump leans into all of this. Of course he does. And Steve Bannon leans into all of this. And that's how we ended up with Trump. And then once that happened, (laughs) because also don't forget everybody's uh, parents and grandparents got brainwashed by Fox news well, and, it's uh, a QN and shit. But no, it's a combination of they got brainwashed by Fox News, but also these same guys took what they learned on Twitter and then did that in Facebook groups. 
Yeah. And they started taking over Facebook groups and they started doing all these different things. But all these tactics were learned by them. But not really learned. They were proven through Gamergate. Okay. We could make them care about something so small and so insignificant like Mm -hmm. video games. And it's they've still been chasing specific people over all these years. Brie Larson. Brie What's Larson. she ever done wrong? Uh, what what hasn't she done wrong? Uh, number one, she's nice. I watched her Hot Ones that one time. That was a nice episode of Hot Ones. So she made Captain Marvel. Yeah, I know. I saw it in the movie theater with you. Yeah, I know. Well, that ruined Marvel. Why? Because superhero movies are about men. That's not true. I saw the Black Widow movie. That was after Captain Marvel. And I saw the f- first uh, Black Panther. There was a, that uh, was after Cap. I was after Captain Marvel. Oh, so you're saying, or they're saying that she ruined it because she made it okay to have women in the lead character. Yep. Cause, okay, cause, and that's all Brie Larson's fault, not the writers, not Marvel, not the the huge production companies that spend all that money. Yeah. Okay, Brie Larson, she did it. Yep. She's named after cheese. What'd she do? What she did was she existed. Oh, first mistake of being a woman. Yeah, 100%. Okay. That was her first mistake. The second mistake she made is, which they view as a mistake, mm-hmm. is during kind of this entire thing, Yeah. this entire timeline, there was a point where I can't remember what movie it was. It may have been Captain Marvel or others, but she uh, she was being interviewed by a reporter and mm-hmm. she pointed out, you know, I think it's, it's, I think it's insane that every report, like, entertainment reporter I'm talking to is a white guy. Like I would like there to be more diverse people. So when you guys are picking people, like, can I have, can we have more reporters that are black Asian, you know, from all over the world? Yeah. You know, it's, it's always white people who are in front of me when I'm dealing with domestic press. And that was pulled out of context. Look, Brie Larson hates white people. That's the other thing that happened though, is her character Mm -hmm. is stoic, right? Captain Marvel was very stoic. She was not in a sexy outfit. She was oh, in a bodysuit. Oh, I see suit. what the problems are going to be now. Exactly. But this is all constantly what it comes down to. And now, like today, as as video game companies are running out of ideas and they're reprinting and remaking old games, mm-hmm. recently a game Resident Evil 4 was remade. Okay. A giant complaint, and you can see people losing their fucking mind over this. Okay. Is in the old game, the part of the the, the point of the game is a, the president's daughter, mm-hmm. who is like 15, and her name is Ashley. She is kidnapped by uh, zombies in Spain. Oh, all right. Okay. And um, when she's kidnapped, she's wearing a very tight sweater. Oh, no. And like a green, like a, like a yellow sweater. <sighs> I don't know that the color of the sweater matters. And she's wearing like a plaid skirt mm-hmm. that is higher than her knees. Okay. And, uh, you know, whenever you, when you were playing GameCube back in the day, you could always, if she was climbing up a ladder or something, you could always just kind of look up and see her panties. 15? Yep, about that, yep. All right. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, let me guess. They don't do that in the new one? Because of Marxism. Okay. It's cultural That's Marxism. That's not what Marxism is. <laughs> it's cultural Marxism. So, the culture that they want is a culture of exploiting underage children? I thought they were about saving the children. That's what the Pizzagate people told me. No, but see, these are all offshoots from everything. <sighs> that's the that's the part that's super frustrating is again because you can make 
you can make the argument for the Gamergate people and the ones who are still going on about this shit. Yeah. Guys like the quartering. There's all these different, like, again. The, That's the, the guy that peed in his basement. Yeah, the guy who peed in his basement. Who's, yeah. He's still obsessed with Brie Larson and he hates her. Because, again, every time he makes a video about her, he can make a few hundred bucks through so YouTube. So he doesn't monitoring. hate her. He loves her because he makes a lot of money yelling about oh, her. all these people are obsessed with all these things. It's the same thing. Ben Shapiro's a failed writer, which is why he's obsessed with Disney. Yep, yep. All these different people. I uh, think he's obsessed with his sister's tatas. Well, that's true, too. <laughs> but all of these people, when whenever you follow them back far enough, Steve Bannon is a failed producer. Besides the fact he was a producer on Seinfeld, Oh, like wow. in the later season, mm-hmm. he also really wanted to make a hip hop musical about uh, Shakespeare or something. I think it was <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> he wanted that guy wanted to make a hip hop musical. Yeah, he he really wanted to do. He wanted to do like he a wears Hamilton. the sunglasses that look like he's uh, in the Three Blind Mice. No, you're thinking of Roger Stone. Oh, I'm picturing Roger Stone. Yeah, Steve Bannon's the one who looks like he. He looks like a mousy guy. He looks like a mouse. No, he he's like. Let me pull him up. Pull him up. Let me pull him up. Let's see. I want to see what he looks like. Because I am I was picturing Roger Stone because he's like the three blind mice no, guy. No, 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 no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That one. Oh, the drunk. Yeah. He looks like the one a, with the, the, one with the insane like a jaundice. 50-year alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah. Is, also, he kind of looks like, who's that? Was it Ron White? That one. He does have he, a little Ron he White He looks to him. like if Ron White just went off the rails. <laughs> but again, so, but, but all of this is happening. God, he has so many pockmarks in his face. So, so, but then though, this is as, as Gamergate rose. Okay. And as, yeah, yeah, but, but as all this stuff was rising, that's how you start getting cancel culture because people start drawing lines. Oh my God. So, okay. But that's, that's kind of where I want to, I think we should probably leave it. They're really... But they're doing it right now. Yeah. This is happening right now. Yeah, they're doing it to trans people. They're doing it to gay people. They're doing it all over again. And again, when you take a look at stuff like the way they're reacting to, the way conservatives are reacting to Bud Light, the oh way God. they're reacting to like babies, to drag queens, to all these different things, it all has a basis. And the tactics that people need to realize always, always are going to come from Gamergate until they discover new tactics. Well, Twitter is dying, so maybe they won't be able to use that one anymore. No, what they're going to do is they're going to lean in more to AI. Oh, good. good so good, what good. the next the next step is going to be... Make fake videos and stuff. going to be making fake videos, making fake audio, claiming, oh, I have secret information. And then it takes too long to verify. So even if you do tell figure it out and tell everybody that it wasn't real a week later, that week doesn't matter because, you know, you're... Like, I have a one family member who I love so much, but they take in news media and internet media like just like a little bit just a little bit at a time kind of like me but they don't ever do any research on the back end yeah so like they never look further than they the, never the look surface. further than that like one minute thing so then they'll parrot that thing and you're like wait no that's that didn't happen that's not true and i i've explained to them like things like that but a lot of people are like that and it's on purpose it's we're all forced to work a lot of jo- like work long hours. We're stressed out. We can't afford things. We're running around. Everyone's in a panic. So who has time to triple cross check shit? And the only news media that usually you can trust, you have to pay for. So you're not going to pay for the websites that have the news media that's like more trustworthy because it's actually researched by journalists. So you go to whatever dot co. And so it's like it's on purpose. The system is built this way where we're everyone's too exhausted to like do any further research into the news they're given so like 
AI is incredibly terrifying to me in this way. Yeah, 100%. And it, it's, you know, what's crazy is I actually discovered a piece of misinformation I fell for. What was that? Um, so do you know the congressman, the Democratic congressman from California, Eric Swalwell? I've heard that name. All right. Yeah, he, he ran for president in 2020, didn't go far in the primary. Okay. Uh, but like a little scandal broke. Mm-hmm. And one thing that always happens is whenever Eric does something in the media that's actually really good, like he gets a really good dunk on a Republican or any of those type of things, has a really good talking point. If you go on Twitter, Fang Fang will be trending. What the hell does that mean? There was a Chinese spy mm-hmm. from that operated in America from 2013 to about 2016 okay. named Christine Fang. All right. She was located in California. Sure. And she was slowly infiltrating up-and-coming politicians mm-hmm. on the West Coast, mm-hmm. uh, specifically in the Democratic Party, uh, for the most part. But she was just going, and, and she would, you know— Why? They're wimps. They get nothing done. Exactly. But she was showing up because she was looking at rising stars. All right. And trying to see, like, hey, who's going to grow up here? And then maybe, like, try to, to build, like, an influence operation. Okay. Um, Axios did a report about her in 2020. Okay. And during that, they stated that she was involved with Eric Swalwell's campaign very lightly, though. Like, she did some light volunteering, and she hooked up a intern who was eventually worked at Eric Swalwell's uh, office. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that intern themselves was not a spy. It was just a way for her to ingratiate herself more with uh, Congressman Swalwell. Got it. At the same time, All right. she... Uh, possibly had two romantic sexual affairs with two unnamed Midwestern mayors. Okay, cool. The right... I'd read this book. The right and the conservatives on Twitter Mm -hmm. have now pulled this so far that Eric Swalwell is now the one who had sex with Christine Fang, who they refer to as Fang Fang. That's racist. Yes, be, but, but I thought this was going to be about vampires. I want to be no, honest no, no. with you. No, no, but but the thing is, is because the two other mayors were never mentioned. Yeah, the story becomes Chinese spy. Yeah, was involved with Eric Swalwell's campaign, mm-hmm. and she fucked unnamed politicians. Okay, therefore she fucked Eric. Even though in 2015 the FBI came to Mister to the congressman and said, oh. "Hey, just so you know, we have it on good authority that she's a Chinese spy," and he went, "Awesome, I'm never talking to her again." Let's deal with this. Like the second it was an attempted honeypot. Mm -hmm. And the second he caught it, they were like, get out, go away. He did everything right. Unlike the other side of politics, which would have been like, oh, really? Yeah. which Come closer. Come here. Come here. Which is 100% what happened with the Russians (laughs) in the NRA. I was about to say, yeah. Yeah. But that is exactly how, again, like Gamergate, they figured rush the zone with misinformation. Mm. So now to the point where when the Republicans won the majority in the U.S. House of Representatives, Mm -hmm. the first thing they did was kick Eric Swalwell off the House Foreign Policy Committee. Okay. Oh, because they said he's a Chinese spy? Because they said that he could easily leak information. Meanwhile, they're all owned by Russian? Yes, 100%. Because again, every accusation is a confession. (laughs) You know what they say when I was growing up? They say, every time you point a finger, there's three pointing back at you. Yep. And that's how I feel a lot about those things. That's true. So let's talk. Uh, let's end it on uh, the fun part. A fun part? From Jolo's episode. Jolo's. Oh, Joe bro. Yep. So you talked a lot. And I looked him up afterwards. I'm sorry that we didn't catch this before. Yeah, listen. Go back and listen to that episode if you haven't listened to it yet. Yeah. <laughs> Finding Jolo. Um, so one person you mentioned repeatedly but, but didn't really look too much into was Elliot... 
uh, Brady. Yeah, he was the one that was like the middleman between him and like trying to get uh, in front of Trump to talk about it. Yep. So uh, he was investigated by the FBI. Uh-huh. And I'm going to read this directly from his Wikipedia. In sure. October 2020, Brody, Brody uh, pleaded guilty to acting as an unregistered foreign agent working for Chinese and Malaysian interests. Mm-hmm. He sought to lobby the highest levels of the U.S. government to deport a dissident of the People's Republic of China uh, living in the United States. And he tried to arrange meetings for a People's Republic of China minister with the attorney general, the secretary of Homeland Security, and other high-level officials during the PRC minister's visit to the United States, all while concealing the foreign principles he represented. Mm -hmm. He had been charged as part of the federal probe into efforts to influence the Trump administration to stop investigations about the 1MDB Malaysian state fund fraud, which Jolo was uh, a part of. A part of. Allegedly. Uh, so, yeah, he pled guilty he to that. He hasn't been caught yet. <laughs> Jolo still has not been He's caught. He's out here on the streets. So, uh, Elliot Brody uh, pled guilty. Yeah. And on January 20th, 2021, mm-hmm. at about 11 a.m., okay. uh, Brody, Elliot Brody, was pardoned by President Donald Trump. Mm. Uh, at 12 noon, Donald Trump was no longer president. He was one of like the 78 people he pardoned on his way out of office. Yeah. So after all of that, all that investigations, Donald Trump put pen to paper and freed this man who also was the finance chairman of the Republican National Committee from 2005 to 2008 and was so priorly that- convicted of public corruption and bribery cases in New York. And from 2017 to April 2018 was the deputy finance chairman of the RNC resigning after all of the shit that happened between him and a Playboy Playmate mm-hmm. in which he paid $1.6 million for her to silence her in an NDA. Oh, he Stormy Daniels it. He Stormy Daniels it. Oh, my God. So this guy was the, the financial lead from the RNC, also maybe potentially a Chinese spy. Yes. And was a negotiator be- between the no, no, one no, MDB. Wait, wait. There's, there's no allegedly. And okay, not, not he was be- a Chinese no, no. spy. He 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 pled guilty to all of it, and then on top of that, accepted a pardon. And when you accept a pardon from the president, yeah, you're, you're admitting to all of the crimes that you committed. Yeah. So he was a Chinese spy, and then Trump was like, "Yep, that's my man right there." Yep. Cool, cool, cool. So this is a hell of an episode. I don't know how to feel right now. Should we go watch Lady Ghostbusters, though? Yeah, we can go watch Lady Ghostbusters. Okay, that means... Tomorrow. No. Because we have to go to bed. No. Because it's Sunday and the Monday. Should we call out of work tomorrow and then watch Lady Ghostbusters? You know I want to every day. (laughs) You can't call out of work every day. Well, with that... Thanks for listening. Please like and subscribe. Please leave nice comments and comment on the Patreon. And, um, you know, we really appreciate everyone that listens and appreciate all the feedback and funny comments it brings me so much joy and so we'll see you next week when i do an episode about the thing y'all voted on that is blanking in my mind right now but i'm gonna do it so don't worry i think it was hawaiian was it the hawaiian it was one? A, that and the other one the two of them got to the top right yeah i think it was the hawaiian one was top though the Hawaiian one was top but i think the second one looks like it might be funnier to do so i have to i have to read back into it okay all right i took this week off because i knew you were doing this yeah yeah, boy, did I do it. <laughs> you sure did. How do you feel? Oh, sad. Uh, sad. Just sad? Uh, really disappointed. <laughs> you're not mad. You're just disappointed. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Not you. Yeah. In everyone that took part in this. 
Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Well, that's been this episode of Pearl Mania 500. I hope your work day's going well, y'all. Oh, God. God. <laughs> We're going to make the next one happier. Yeah. Oh, I hope your commute's going well. <laughs> Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey everyone, it's Jen and Jess from the beauty podcast, Fat Mascara, here to talk about Sol de Janeiro. So many of the beauty experts we interview on our show say that the key to great skin is to treat every inch of your body with the same attention you give your face. One of our favorite ways to do that is with Sol de Janeiro's Beja Flor Elastic Cream, a rich body cream that's clinically proven to boost collagen and has been shown to improve skin crepiness on the chest in just two weeks. Plus, it's scented with Sol de Janeiro's Charosta 68 fragrance. Sol de Janeiro is offering you 10% off your first order on soldejanero.com and free shipping with the code ACAST10. That's S-O-N. L-D-E-J-A-N-E-I-R-O soldejanero.com and use the code ACAST10 for 10% off.